Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chillin' in the State House, Kansas's favorite government and politics podcast. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal State House team, and I'm joined, as always, by Jason Tidd, my better half. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's because I'm the second half of a third, making it two thirds, which gives us the super majority needed to override our friend from the Associated Press. That's right. You can override any veto I might do. It, this is also our second attempt. 2A, maybe? <laughs> yes. And that's because this past two weeks, things have taken two tries to get the two-thirds majorities they need. Yes, or the that Republicans want it. Well, we should say we are joined by, by John Hanna of the Associated Press yes. to break all of this down. <laughs> it's almost hard to know where to begin the last couple of weeks because it's been so chaotic. But uh, Jason... As part of all this, you were locked on the floor with the Kansas Senate for uh, over an hour, and you lived to tell the tale. I think you get to describe kind of where we're at. And and it all boils down to, as many things seem to have the last few weeks, the uh, set of Republican-authored congressional maps that have been moving through the legislature. Yes, I made it onto the Senate floor, which is not the easiest thing to do these days as a reporter. (laughs) Admiral Perry on his expedition. (laughs) Yes, and I got locked in the room with the senators who had to ask permission to go to the bathroom, typically using potty jokes, uh, which were only funny if you were in the room. Uh, There was also the joke of a politician asking if the bottle of hand sanitizer had alcohol in it. Uh, That politician is very relatable. (laughs) Yes. And that's, we were all locked in there because we, we as in the Senate and everybody stuck watching it, were down two senators as they were voting to override the congressional map veto from Governor Laura Kelly. Uh, They needed a two-thirds majority. They did not have it, thanks to the flip-flop of two, kind of three, of their members. Uh, So Republicans have a supermajority in the Senate, 29 to 11 to the Democrats. They needed 27 votes. The first time around, they got 28. Uh, So one Republican, uh, Dennis Pyle, had dissented. Uh, The second time around, when it came time to override the governor's veto, John Dahl became a no, and then the two bigger names in this Stars the show, yes. Yes. The ones getting all the attention, Senator Dr. Mark Steffen and Senator Alicia Straub. Hutchison for Dr. Steffen and Ellenwood in Barton County for Alicia Straub. And these two senators are members of the more fringe COVID belief caucus here in the Senate, uh, which becomes relevant to this redistricting map saga. Uh, So we were there waiting with with Stefan and Straub as no's, and Senator Mike Thompson, a conservative Republican from Johnson County, was missing in action. Well, we, we should say leadership invoked a call of the Senate, which is prompted the 
lockdown scenario Jason was describing where everyone... Call of the Senate, they lock the doors, everybody is supposed to remain in their seats while they search for the missing members and try to bring them back to force the, to get them to force them to vote so that the everybody in the Senate votes. Uh, sometimes people are legitimately absent. One time years and years ago, there was a state senator who'd had a heart attack and uh, he was recovering. He was fairly well recovered and they brought him back in a highway patrol uh, car at uh, 85 to 90 miles an hour on the turnpike um, and it was it was quite dramatic. And Cindy Holsher, a Democrat from Johnson County, was also missing. She was at a doctor's appointment. She was not brought back in a highway patrol vehicle. No, she would have voted no on the map, and she made that clear. And a, a legislator, I will say, highway patrol having to go get a legislator is my dream. I want this to happen. I know it's happened in the past. Just saying, I, 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 just, I, I pray for that every night before I go to bed. But sorry, continue. <laughs> It's unlikely, it seems, that Senator Thompson had that experience. Uh, Don't know for sure where he was during the vote, but it's possible that he was somewhere where leadership knows, because, as John can explain better, it's not an entirely uncommon thing for there to be a rabbit in the statehouse. Yes, that's that's the term. Um, It is common for a legislator to be directed or to volunteer to go somewhere where they cannot be easily found um, or at least where nobody knows where they are sometimes it's in the building sometimes it's not and they wait and they wait until uh, leaders who want something Uh, want something to pass like a veto override or a bill and that delay gives them time to get on the phones in the old days it was desk phones now it's cell phones mostly and talk to their colleagues and suggest that they switch to yes um and you know also governors can get on the phone and do that sort of thing that's not uncommon and so you have this drama going on where everybody in the room knows uh and occasionally you'll have a leader announce from the the chair that senator or representative so-and-so is in mexico on vacation and it would take 12 hours to bring them back uh, and, you know, the suggestion being we'll sit here for 12 hours if nobody switches a vote, um, that sort of thing. So these are these are often highly dramatic moments that drag on and on and on. When uh, I believe it was Senator Jeff Pittman, a Leavenworth Democrat, got his <laughs> chance for a potty break, he said that he stopped by Thompson's office to make sure that he wasn't hiding out there. And apparently he wasn't. Oh, there have, over the years, there have been stories of lawmakers hiding under desks, uh, being, you know, in in some place downtown. I mean, you know, you, you, uh, all over the place. So, you know. Well, surely there's other places in Topeka better to be than locked in a room with <laughs> other members of the Senate with whom you disagree. Well, in this case, the time open did not 
prove uh, fruitful in terms of flipping votes. Yeah, two hours was not enough. They needed 24. Well, and so what happened, and this is a bit of a procedural mechanism, but they gave up, the jig was up. Um, not that we're saying there was a jig. The, there was the, a jig. It was clear that that uh, Republican leaders were not going to get the two-thirds on that day. So, so Thompson came back into a smattering of applause, uh, and the majority leader was on his feet. Yes. Uh, Ty Masterson, the Senate president, switched to no so that he could make the motion to reconsider the next day. The rules allow a second vote or a vote to reconsider, but it, the motion has to be made by somebody on the winning side. And of course, that was accounted for his switch. Then the majority leader pops up to make the motion to adjourn. And there were other people who also popped up. Uh, based off of a review of the YouTube video, it does look like the majority leader was up first, but that was in dispute. And it, because it's of kind, that, it's kind of like a close, a close umpire's call in baseball, or you know, in football where you need the 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 review, um, and people will argue and for a while over, you know. Did the running back uh, cross the plane of the end zone or uh, roll into the pylon out of bounds like a half yard short? And ultimately, when you're the ruling party, it doesn't matter too much what the <laughs> review says. Yes. <laughs> so we, we fast forward 24 hours. We call that in the Senate the rule of 21. <laughs> we fast forward 24 hours and we get to see if the rule of, I guess in this case, 28 27, 27, 27 of uh, 40 uh, gets gets there. And Jason, things played out a little differently a day later. No. Yeah. And we kind of had an idea it might play out differently because that morning, the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee took Senator Steffen's ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine off label COVID treatment bill added in an unvetted anti-vax provision, got and goad with a different House bill, and pushed it out of committee over the objections of a few different senators. And we should explain for the uninitiated, the gotten go, in other states it's known as the gotten stuff. You take a bill, you strip everything out except the number of the bill, and you put entirely new contents in it, and it's a completely different bill, the gut and go. Um, and in this case, it was a House bill so that if the Senate passed it, you send it over the House. The House could accept the Senate's version, concur, as they say, and send it to the governor without going back through the committee process and amendment process and all that in the House. Much, much faster. Yep. Uh a fast-track process yes. if leadership blesses it. Yes. Uh, and this COVID bill would allow doctors to prescribe off-label COVID treatments without the possibility of uh, lawsuits if it harms the patient or an investigation by the Board of Healing Arts. It would force pharmacists to fill those prescriptions and 
it would also seem to have the effect of ending a Board of Healing Arts investigation into Senator Mark Steffen, who is an anesthesiologist. Yes, he denies that. Um, He says it won't personally benefit him, but he has acknowledged he's under investigation by the Board of Healing Arts. He says since the summer of 2020, when he wasn't even in the legislature, for public statements he's made about COVID-19. The board appears to have been investigating some physicians and some of the allegations involve spreading misinformation about COVID. So, yes, that bill pops out of committee in the morning. And it also had some anti-vax provisions. That's right. Some unvetted provisions. No hearings. No proponent, no opponent, no neutral testimony on this provision. It dealt with childhood vaccination requirements for daycares and schools. Uh, It would apply to all vaccines, which is different from the special session language from November. Yes. Uh, What it does is it mirrors the special session language, which was only for COVID and for workers who faced losing their jobs if they declined to refuse to get vaccinated against COVID. It created a religious slash philosophical slash moral slash personal belief exemption that said, if you said you told your employer in writing that you didn't get vac- want to get vaccinated because of your personal, moral, ph- philosophical, theistic or non-theistic beliefs, they would have to grant it, the exemption, and not investigate your beliefs. And supporters said, well, you have no business looking into somebody's beliefs, freedom. Um, and critics said, well, it just, you know, somebody could be lying. Um but that debate happened in November. The legislation passed. Governor Kelly signed it. Uh, this would apply that to childhood vaccinations, parents, measles, mumps, rubella, chicken pox. I think there might be some hepatitis in there. Um, vaccines in there. Uh, all kinds. All of Thank them. you for clarifying that. Yes. Uh, more than a dozen. And to be clear, Parents already can get religious exemptions for their kids and medical exemptions for childhood vaccine mandates. And there is no COVID vaccine mandate at this point in time. Right. The concern is is this would increase the number of parents who uh, get exemptions and lower uh, herd immunity so that the, the small group of children who medically can't get vaccines they rely on everybody else's kids getting vaccinated to prevent them from getting some of these diseases, which back in the day, uh, I mean, people died from stuff like measles and whooping cough. And, uh, you know, before the polio vaccine, terrible pictures of kids spending their whole lives in iron lungs. So we we have this new bill is whatever form it's evolved to what comes next now because the the redistricting vote plays out now a little differently than it did 24 hours earlier what came next was a couple hours of people not in the know speculating about what would happen and then they seemed to largely be correct that when the senate came back in did their motion to reconsider 
they got the votes of Stefan and Straub to switch to support the maps. But support comes with an asterisk because they did not seem to actually support the maps. Yeah, uh, Senator Straub said made a comment that she's never supported anything that Governor Kelly, a Democrat, has pushed. And this, I think the way she put it was, this is about freedom or something like that. Freedom over fear. Freedom over fear. And uh, Senator Stefan, uh, he, he did not sound like a supporter of the map. He talked about how it put Lawrence in the first district and dumped the liberals in Lawrence in the first district. Insidious redistricting is what he called it, and it could change the character of his beloved, conservative character of his beloved district. He seems district. to be of the belief that by putting Lawrence in the big first, that now a Democrat could represent the big first. Yeah, Democrats don't feel that way. <laughs> well, and, and observers kind of could, you know, speculate and and maybe see how the pieces came together. But Senator Stefan made things a little more explicit when he went on the radio with a conservative uh, uh, talk radio host the next morning, talked through a little bit about what happened and kind of... Disclose that there was mutual a, a, agreement was yes. the word he used and said you know sometimes in politics this is the way things work something along those lines uh, yes uh, and Ty Masterson the Senate president did not seem to appreciate that media well, appearance the Senate president said that yes there were talks there were multiple conversations with the no voting senators. Negotiations uh, was the word I believe. I think he used. he used the word negotiations on multiple issues, he said, but he was adamant that there was no deal, uh, no quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. No so, backroom. No backroom insider. And, and of course, we should say in these kinds of situations it's not like somebody draws up a contract and everybody signs it that's not how this works if there are meeting minutes you are welcome to bring yeah, them we down don't, to we the don't, ground we, floor to the podcast studio of the Topeka Capital Journal plus the Associated Press yes i mean we don't we don't know what exactly what happened exactly what was said you know because there, uh, nobody's released a recording, a transcript, or notes. So this is all kind of in that murky, murky arena of one person describes it one way and another person describes it another. But we, we do know what happened next. Yes. And that, so this was, this was Wednesday when Senator Stephan went on sure. the radio. 24 hours after Tuesday, they passed the map. And on, House overrides the veto yep. with far less drama. Yeah, the House some drama, but far less drama. The House follows suit on the override also on Wednesday, and so Thursday we think is going to be a little quieter, right? About five, <laughs> uh, yeah, the gods had something else in store. About five thirty, we get a news release from the Senate President's office uh, notifying us that he has stripped. Senator Stefan Straub and Senator Dennis Pyle, who was an opponent of the map really throughout this whole process, stripped them of most of their committee assignments in order to preserve unity within the caucus. And uh, I, I think observers, you know, I don't think it was a coincidence that they were three of the, the three star players in this uh, Greek tragedy or comedy, depending on how you look at it, I suppose. Um, 
uh, Senator Pyle certainly felt that it was because of his redistricting vote. Yes. When, when John and I cornered him with a, it looked like a very nice uh, pot roast on the background of a yes. of a buffet line in 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 a reception and after hours. One of those very common after hours receptions. This was at a downtown the downtown Ramada Hotel. Uh, it was the county treasurers, and uh, the room was full of county treasurers and legislators. And yes, there the, there did seem to be like uh, the, I, I noticed there were stra- uh, strawberries covered in white chocolate. That was the thing that stuck out for me. Um, but he was, we had not had dinner yes, when we did this. Yes, Senator Pyle was there, and Senator Straub was there. Uh, she initially declined to comment. Um, uh, she was engaged in talking to various folks, county treasurers, and and that sort of thing. Later, she issued a statement that basically said, I think people who stand up for their beliefs are God's children and, you know, essentially don't mess with them. Um, Yeah. And so and then Dennis Pyle compared Ty Masterson, the Senate president, to Gollum from Lord of the Rings, which is an all timer. Yeah. All timer. For those of you who are uninitiated very quickly, Gollum was what? He was a hobbit, right? I've seen one of the movies. Yes. He's he's, I've seen I've sat through eight hours, which means I didn't see the extended edition. Um, and he gets his hands on the ring of power, the one ring to the rule them all that, you know, you can be invisible. You're all, you're very powerful. Um, and it turns him into, I called, uh, I called Gollum a troll like creature. We had, which I did not appreciate. Right. Gollum is nothing like the trolls in Lord of the Rings, but as a one half Scandinavian, I guess Gollum could kind of be like a scandinavian yeah he becomes this pathetic and kind of disgusting creature uh who eats raw fish and um he loses the ring the hobbits find the ring there's a quest and eventually at mount mount doom mount doom yes very appropriately mount doom uh the ring falls back into the fire and melts with Gollum. with Gollum attached don't don't change that dial on the off chance you're still listening. Right. This is I, still uh, chilled in the state house, not a Lord of the Rings podcast. To, to bring it back to the state so, house. Uh, yeah, there, so to be clear, comparing the Senate president to Gollum is not a compliment. Though I do believe Smeagol as a hobbit, hobbits were generally well-dressed. Yes. And Masterson is probably the best-dressed politician. Yes, as known for his Dada-esque ties. Yeah, I don't know that his ties need a little work. It just I, I don't know. I if don't know. Listens, I'm a fan of the surreal patterns. It we'll we'll debate that after. Yeah, I, I mean, I, fashionistas none of us are. Uh, this is true. Um, so that kind of closes the book on uh, at least the the on first the fellowship of the ring. Yes, <laughs> the the fellowship of the map. Yes, it closes the book on the first chapter of the fellowship of the map with the subtitle. A smoldering, a smoldering wreckage of the Kansas Senate over the course of one week. Uh, the second chapter has started to be written. There were uh, dueling lawsuits filed Monday in Wyandotte County Court. Uh, one lawsuit by a group of Democrats, including Democrat super lawyer Mark Elias. The other lawsuit by the ACLU of Kansas. And this, they, both of them challenged the constitutionality of the maps uh, under the Kansas Constitution. 
and we knew this was coming, but uh, it really kind of sets in motion what I can only imagine to be a dramatic series of court hearings. And, well, uh, first you have to wait a long time. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the first hearing is March 25th in Wyandotte County District Court. Uh, and uh, after waiting a month and a week, it's a hearing on a motion to expedite these cases. Only in the uh, judiciary system is yes. that considered that's, fast. Yeah, that's fast for the judiciary. Um, what's interesting is they're claiming violations of the Bill of Rights, the first two sections, which talk about all power being vested in the people. People have inalienable, all residents have inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The third section of the Bill of Rights, I think the free speech slash freedom of assembly clause. And then the little cited in lawsuits, fifth article of the Kansas Constitution on suffrage. Anyone over the age of 18 is eligible, is eligible to vote unless you've been convicted of a felony. So, uh, yes, they're raising these issues, and this strategy in other states going through the state courts, uh, Ohio, North Carolina, and I think Pennsylvania come to mind. Um, the back story is that the U.S. Supreme Court has said partisan gerrymandering is a political issue and not for the federal courts to decide. There's never been a ruling like that, at least in terms of congressional redistricting from the Kansas Supreme Court. Indeed, for decades, the Kansas Supreme Court has not reviewed these maps, and it's been a panel of three federal judges. So actually, the Kansas Constitution, Article 10, apportionment of the legislature, does not mention congressional maps at all. So the question is, can you do this? Can the Kansas Supreme Court step in or not? Uh, the lack of a provision, does that prevent you? And I guess the lawyers will get to a point where the rest of us find out. I do have to wonder when they drew, when they wrote up the Constitution, how many congressmen they thought we'd ever have. Because, you know, if we only had one at that point. At large. Yeah. What needed much of a map? There was a point where Kansas had, I think, nine Um early part of the 20th century and then it kind of gradually when i started with the associated press kansas had five members of the u.s house and in 1992 that went down to four well and for those who are eagerly awaiting more redistricting news uh stay tuned because this coming week the senate president has said we will get kansas senate uh maps which will be as if there wasn't enough chaos with the congressional maps, there will be a, uh, I think I've referred to it as a knife fight, which well, things get interesting when you start getting personal in the, in the Senate. Right, in and, and, and this is different because uh, these are, these, it directly affects the people making the decisions. Um, if they are savvy about their districts, they know which precincts are good and which precincts are bad for them. And, you know, if there's an opponent, they've heard of an opponent, you can draw them in or out. You can draw two senators in one district. You can avoid that. So all of these things come into play. And we should note that in 2012, uh, when Mapzilla went on a rampage, uh, it was the Senate, the state Senate map that did it. Bitter fight between conservative and moderate Republicans. No redistricting plan of 
any kind passed and a panel of three federal judges do everything. So if you see some large animal climbing up the dome at the state <laughs> house. That's Mapzilla. Well, it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes out. Uh, the Senate president has said there's no map that has already been drawn that uh, is being used to to cajole people with. They even called a meeting of the Senate Redistricting Committee to dispel that myth. And so we eagerly await with bated breath the yeah, final and, product. Yeah, and I'm sure that assuaged everybody's concerns. Yeah, all right. It's, <laughs> that, in the meantime, you have the time to write more Valentine's Day poems yes. for redistricting. Roses are red, violets are blue, Ad Astra has passed, people did sue. And Ad Astra is the Ad Astra is the congressional map, because they have to name them. And Which that I one love. needed a second, just like this podcast, just like the vote to override. Yes. Yeah, this is our second attempt at doing a podcast. We had technical issues. Which is code for Andrew screwed up. Um, but, you know, who we were d- so chill. We were. We were. We were so chill. That's what happened. We just got too chill. And, you know, I, I, I would say I enjoy coming on the podcast, the the smooth stoner vibe of Andrew's voice with the farm boy twang of Jason's. It's a nice contrast. We're going to use that as a testimonial, I think. Yes. Um, Headline. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want your Kansas State government headlines you know where you can find those cjonline.com or anywhere cj online is found on social media which is really everywhere uh on twitter facebook instagram we have all the news or in your nearest uh, dylan's store if you're in the topeka area yes i see <laughs> those those racks of capital journals i appreciate when i see them empty because it means that people are reading and paying our salary yes Jason, if they want to find you, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Tid. That's T-I-D-D. But over the next week, you'll probably find me in a committee meeting or on a chamber floor if they let us on the floor. That's always the question these days. Uh, John? Where can they track down your work and find you on the social? Well, when I'm doing tweet storms, I'm at AP, at APJD Hannah, D is in David. My stories appear on www.apnews.com backslash the hand motion we're doing. Uh, Kansas, all spelled out. And I, 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 I have made an initial uh, dip into Instagram and TikTok, but I'm I'm still working on that stuff. We'll get you there. Don't worry. I'm old, so, you know. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And the Topeka Capital Journal's favorite podcast is anywhere fine podcasts are found. Oh, I guess I shouldn't knock our other... Well, we don't really publish any other podcasts anymore, so... I guess the Capital Journal's only podcast can be found Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or uh, if you don't want to go to all that trouble, we are posting new episodes at cjonline.com when I remember to do so, which don't worry, I will going forward. Gentlemen, any words of wisdom before we depart? Well, you know, yes. Um, just, uh, just watch out for Sauron. Um, in your Lord of the Rings. The eye is watching. The eye is watching, yes. 
and I don't get that reference. So I'm. This is. I don't know what they just said. It's kind of like the Death Star in Star Wars. Okay. That, that, yeah. Yeah. I'll. I'll, I'll allow same. It. You know. Same. Joseph Campbell book underpins them. You know the the <laughs> mythos of them both. But just like Sauron's eye watched for the ring, we reporters will be watching the State House during a busy week. Uh, Andrew, it's a deadline for politicians. Yes, and much like high, uh, college students during exam week, they leave everything to the last minute. Uh, this coming week is the deadline for bills to make them out. Uh, Turnaround. Turnaround, indeed. The which, de- is, which is nicer than the later deadline, drop dead day. <laughs> well, this is the deadline for bills first to make it out of committee and then make it to make it out of the chamber in which they were introduced in, which means... A busy week, a lot of floor debate, a lot of bills that are passed, and a lot of ink being spilled. A lot of interesting amendments. A lot of interesting amendments. And and we will be tracking it all uh, from our basement home in the State House. And hopefully next week we'll, we'll have a podcast to lay everything out for and you all. hopefully no snowstorm to interrupt the work. Indeed. Yes. Uh, here, here. Even the snowstorm divided Wynock County. So. <laughs> in the meantime... Roses are red, violets are blue. We are chill in the state house, and we hope you are too. Have a great week, y'all, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. <laughs> <laughs>